0: Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. yeah absolutely absolutely and yes the friends that are still in my life they're very supportive right i have friends that are not in my life and they have told me directly or indirectly man you've changed you know and i'm like well isn't that the point of being a human being to change to always evolve and progress right why would you want to be the same? Like, if I was the same person I was 10 years ago, I will consider myself a loser, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Podcast Junkies, episode 84. Rockin' it. Rockin' it. Okay, name that track. That's old school. And uh, first person to name that uh, sample. I'll send the t-shirt. This is Podcast Junkies. My name is Harry Duran. And every week... We speak to fantastic, energetic, enthusiastic, fun podcasters who are doing a kick ass job with their show, who I whose energy and enthusiasm just make me want to talk to them for hours and I invite them on the show so you can Find out who they are so you can discover new podcasts. And so you can get a peek behind the microphone, so to speak, of how these people live their lives and and why they podcast. We don't always talk about podcasting. Sometimes we talk about uh, life and and vinyl records and ice cream and all sorts of fun things. You just never know what's going to happen with podcast junkies. So it's all the more reason why you need to tune in every single Monday ish <laughs> as I uh, release new episodes i've got uh, some interesting folks lined up uh, this week, actually before I jump into that in case you missed it, uh, last week was a, a a week where i didn't have a guest. I actually replayed my conversation or my uh, on the podcast uh, of my friend Morgan Dix, the One Mind meditation podcast. He was on this show as as you'll remember, loyal listeners. And then I went on his show, and I really went deep on the things that are moving me from a, a meditation perspective, why I have a regular practice, and all about intentions. So it gets a little woo-woo, um, so just be forewarned, and, and that was last week's. So if you missed it, check that one out. This week, I speak to AJ Mirzad. We are in a coaching program together um, that's helped me to, to build my business, and I've, I've learned a ton, and more importantly, I've met uh, a lot of folks that uh, are doing amazing things. AJ's no different. His energy level is off the charts. He's East Coast and uh, and uh, I'm from New York originally. So you get that vibe when you get two folks from New York City talking and there's a lot of energy happening and a lot of uh, enthusiasm and uh, we vibed and we hit it off and I, I knew at some point I wanted to have a, a conversation because I knew it would be a great one and AJ did not disappoint So listen in, we talk about, um, his impulse or his, um, his drive for, for creating the podcast and, and, and where that came from, how he's grown as a person and how that's affected his friendships and, and, and people that he's needed to leave behind to grow and, and become better as a person. Why he's so open. Um, he's, he's very prolific in terms of his Facebook posts and he's pretty raw, um, in terms of what he put out, puts out there, and I think it just speaks to who he is as a person. Uh, a key key topic that we talked about was this concept of alignment, which I think um, we we dove a, l- a little deeper on, and it really defines who he is as a person, uh, and is really is, is, is driving force. So I I really think you're gonna feel the energy, field, the enthusiasm. And I hope as a result of this conversation, we've raised your, your frequency a little bit. Stay tuned to the end of the show where I I talk about uh, the promo I have with our uh, great sponsor, fancy hands and how you can get uh, five free tasks from fancy hands just by doing one easy task. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode, as well as the retention hashtag loyal listeners know to listen out for that for now. Strap yourselves in and enjoy my conversation with AJ Mirzad. So yeah, so one more time, take two uh AJ. As 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 with all things podcasting related, uh, we have, we weren't recording. So so I'm gonna uh say thanks again for joining us on podcast junkies.
0: Absolutely. So glad to be here, Harry.
1: So uh the question I asked was um You said that uh, you grew up being an introvert, and that you're for the most part still an introvert. But you consider yourself what you call a situational extrovert, and and you were about to explain what that means for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up shy. I literally started for the first 20 years of my life, and I always had issues with my own self-confidence and being in a position to where I feared people. (laughs) So as I got older, I realized that this shyness and the stuttering is not going to get me very far. So I worked really to get rid of the stuttering to become more comfortable being around others and not having a fear of talking to others. So that got me on this road to doing a lot of personal development and working on really getting myself out of my comfort zone. So one thing I came to learn was, you know, I need to force myself to get out of the comfort zone. The more I do, the wider it grows. So That's when I said I have to be a situational extrovert, meaning that I have to put myself in situations where I'm forced to be an extrovert so that my introversion doesn't limit me. So I started to do public speaking and I started to put on seminars and I started to force myself to go out networking and meeting people and putting myself in these challenging situations for an introvert. And it forced me to, in a sense, um, grow this extroversion quality and and since then it's really been helpful
1: do you remember a a an example of a, um, a situation where because you were an introvert you found that you weren't able to take advantage of a certain situation and it was like maybe like an aha moment for you
0: Yeah, absolutely. So many times. My earliest memory is, uh, you know, really liking a girl and being so shy that I was scared to talk to her. And I missed out, right? The one that got away. But there was many that got away because I didn't have the balls to speak up and say something.
1: And. Was there someone that you looked to that was inspiring from, you know, I, we see a lot of people that do this and they seem so effortless when they walk in the room, right? They seem to own it. And was there someone that you saw early on that you maybe want, thought you might want to model?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess early on I was watching movies and, you know, you have a hero of the movie or the main character, the guy just walks in and takes charge, you know, and if, if he wants something, he goes out and gets it. So I was always fascinated by people that would do that. And I was like, why can't I be like the guy in the movies? And I guess that's what led me to become, you know, more extroverted and to really, I guess, work on this muscle.
1: And did you start, was there a program that you wanted to follow? I know a lot of people point to Tony Robbins uh, as, as as the turning point for them. Was there someone like that for you?
0: Yeah, actually, um, I knew that I had this insane fear of public speaking so even when I was in class and I had to like orally discuss a book report, I would just shudder because I'd be up there stuttering and I'd be so much in my head. And what I found was I need to get better at public speaking. So I was reading a lot of different books on public speaking. And a lot of the books pointed towards Toastmasters, Toastmasters.org. And this is a almost like nonprofit uh, organization that helps you get better at public speaking. So once I joined Toastmasters, that changed my entire life.
1: And uh, how, how, how long have you been doing Toastmasters?
0: Um, you know, I did it for about a year. I went through their process. They make you go through like 10 speeches. And by the 10th speech, I was like a new man. I was like, wow, that changed my life. And ever since then, it's stuck. There was like a shift that occurred after going through their program. And then I became, in a sense, addicted to public speaking.
1: Do you have uh, siblings?
0: Yes, I have three younger brothers. I'm the oldest boy.
1: How is that dynamic and how are they in terms of like being uh, introvert versus extrovert as it relates to to you?
0: Yeah, I come to think of it, I'm the only uh, introvert. And uh, my younger brothers are more extroverted. They enjoy being around company. And, you know, I guess a great book is Quiet by Susan Kane. And the definition to know if you're an introvert and an extrovert is that an introvert. Charges their batteries by being alone, An extrovert charges their batteries by being around people. And I noticed my brothers always want to be around people, while I would be locked up in my room, you know, reading or on the computer. So that's when I knew, like, aha, there's a difference.
1: Is uh, what, what nationality are you? I'm Persian. Persian. So I, I, from what I understand, and a couple of Persian friends that I that I have uh, or that I've hung out with, they seem to be an extroverted culture, aren't they?
0: Absolutely. I mean. I think that the general population is 7.5 billion people on this earth there are a lot more extroverts than introverts absolutely.
1: And so was that was that something that was uh interesting an interesting dynamic in your family growing up that you come from a persian culture where there's a lot of like uh, family events and you know just I'm I'm I'm, I'm latino so I'm, there's there's a bit of that as well. <laughs> you know we like having big parties and we like gatherings and stuff like that. So it seemed like that was was for you was not something that you you slid right into even though it might have been part of your family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um I know that I hated family events, you know. <laughs> and you know, as a culture, you got to be in front of people and talking to them and schmoozing but um, I avoided them like the plague. and to this day, I'm not gonna lie. I avoid them. I don't go to too many family events, and they get pissed at me. You know, I always come up with the excuse, It's great to have a business, and oh the business. I got to travel. I got to do this. Got to do that. But yeah, to be quite honest, I prefer not to go. <laughs> but um, you're forced to, right? Your family, you got to show up. But of course. I mean, I, I end up going, and I think until I make it. But if I had a choice, I, I would not want to go.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people say that they're introverts um, and they just maybe they're just shy. But it sounds like, you know, from the from the books you've read and, and the analysis you've done on yourself, you're really clear about that. This is who you are and this is who your personality is. And, and the fact that you can, you know, quote uh, books about the topic means you have really like studied and, and, and understand that this is a part of your personality. And, and I'm sure it will be for quite some time.
0: Absolutely, Harry. I truly feel that the secret of life is to be self-aware. And for many years, I honestly thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I had like social anxiety or there was something very different about me and everyone else was normal. But it wasn't until I read the books and I really just listened to my intuition. You know, as you get older, you learn more about yourself, right? The the, the ultimate tool in a person's life is a mirror. And I came to see like these things give me energy. These, these things make me happy. These things make me weak and they get me tired. So I really started to see like being around people for long periods of time made me tired and, and weak. Like I just wasn't happy. So why fight against my DNA? That's how I am. And, um, you know, like, yes, I could totally fake it and really deplete a lot of energy to try to be someone who I'm not. But I'd rather be myself and have people accept me for the person that I am as opposed to really living my whole life as a lie.
1: So one of the first things um, from my conversation with you that I, that I know is that you, you started your – and I don't know if that's the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, but you can uh, elaborate if, if that's not the case. But you were a, a fitness coach for some time, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was a fitness professional for many years before I transitioned to an online business.
1: And what what was the moment when you realized that having this one-to-one coaching model was something that, um, you know, for a lot of people, they're they're very happy doing that. And they're very happy coaching people and having their, their clients and, and seeing the results that their one-on-one clients are making. What was it that caused you to realize that there was maybe another model that you wanted to look at?
0: You know um, the hours in the day. I mean, I was really burnt out as a personal trainer, getting up at five a.m., working till nine p.m. wasn't taking any vacations. I was working in the business and then marketing, customer service on the business, and I felt a slave to my my business. You know, I, I thought like, wow, having my own thing would give me freedom and happiness, but it was making me very stressed out, very burnt out. And I just said like, if I continue on this one to one path, like. You know, all my hours are filled. I have no free time for myself. And I'm going to really be unhappy if I do another 5, 10, 20 years of this. And the biggest fear I had was if I don't learn any new skill sets, I'm going to be an 80-year-old personal trainer. You know, that's a path that I'm on because I'm not really getting out of this career. I'm just getting more clients, but I'm not really working on myself to gain the skills and the knowledge to really impact people on a larger level. So that's when I said, you know, enough is enough. I got to make a change. I got to really learn how to leverage myself and leverage my business.
1: You mentioned something there that I think is important that you felt that there's, you want to impact people on a bigger level, but is that something that you got into the, the fitness coaching itself at the beginning for, was that, was that the reason that you do want to make an impact on people's lives?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I love the fact that there are career paths that have a sense of fulfillment in there, meaning like if you typically have a service based business, you're dealing with other human beings, you're developing a relationship. And at the end of the day, that relationship is leaving the other person better off than before they met you. So I knew that fitness and coaching was this type of career path. And I guess when I was working one-on-one, I was really stopped by the hours in the day. So let's say I could take on 10 to 14 clients maximum in one day. But I was like, wow, you know, there's a lot more of me and I want to impact more people. So now how can I ask the question of how can I help more people in less time? And that's where the whole concept of leverage came into play.
1: So when you think about the moment when you uh, when you realized that you wanted to move from the working one to one to a one to many model, how much, what was that transition like and how many months between the the trial and error um, before you figured it out? And and just using myself for a quick example, I feel like the past three years for me have been almost like the equivalent of an online MBA in digital marketing (laughs) because of the (laughs) stops and starts and all the mistakes I made. And I wonder if it was something similar for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's never a smooth transition, right? Especially building an all-night business. There were a lot of ups and downs. I wasted a lot of time, a lot of money, made a lot of mistakes. But for me, it was just like, you know, consistently going and going, going. Again, it was that fear of becoming an 80-year-old personal trainer. It was like, I had to make a shift or else I was going to suffer even more. So the pain of staying where I was was far worse than the pain of making mistakes and having to go against the resistance. And then over time, something clicked. Once it clicked, all of a sudden, I started making money. I started to really increase my income so that it beat what I was doing in person and it gave me the potential to see that, wow, this business model is going to get me out of working one-on-one with people and I could help more people on a larger scale.
1: Where does the entrepreneurial bug come from was that was the fitness the first your first foray into some you know being being your own boss
0: yeah absolutely so before I became a full-time fitness trainer had my own business I was a teacher so I was actually a health and phys ed teacher for about three years so getting out of college I didn't really know what I wanted to do was in my early 20s so I was teaching and it was like in this really like ghetto school in Brooklyn here in New York, and the kids were like maniacs, you know, to, to, to put them kindly. Like this school was like one of the worst schools in New York City. Like they literally had uh, metal detectors, you know, as you're walking in because kids were bringing weapons and guns. It was like gang affiliated, you know. So I'm like this young 23 year old kid, and I'm in this crazy ass school. And these kids are like, you know, in the gym, they're like hanging off like the basketball rims. And it's like one teacher with a hundred kids. So it was a rude awakening to like, wow, like this is this is like the workforce. This is like what people do for a living, you know. But um, it was a very interesting experience being there for the three years. Thankfully, I didn't get shot or stabbed in the process. That, uh, I learned a lot, you know, and over time I gave, became a really good teacher because it you learn how to like, you know, really teach someone and then, um, have them respect you. And also you learn like how challenging it is, is to have kids, especially when you're one adult and a hundred kids, you learn like, wow, you know, um, at the end of the day, you want to help them. Right. Cause at first you're like, okay, these kids are like doing this and doing that. But then over time you learn how to be a good teacher. You learn how to gain their respect and to really transform their lives, you know? Um, so by the end of it, I actually became a really good teacher. I had a great connection with the kids and, um, I saw, I guess, in my heart that this wasn't the path for me. You know, there was something greater. I was still doing personal training on the side, like on the weekends and, and after school. But I decided, you know, after my three years, I was given the opportunity to have um, a permanent position. You know, so 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 here in New York, when you work three years, um, I forgot the name of the term, but you're a permanent teacher, meaning that like the board of education will never fire you. Like you could even like punch a kid in the face and they'll still keep you on. That's how, I forgot. uh, Uh, Tenure. Tenure, yes, exactly. So it was that point when I received tenure and I said, wow, is this going to be like the next 20 years of my life, right? Being a teacher and, you know, being kind of stuck in this like salary where it's like small incremental improvements. And, you know, I felt very confined. I hated getting up in the morning and sitting in traffic and, you know, I felt like that whole job, right, the nine to five job was sitting in traffic because I could not make more money, right, working in the school system, no matter how good of a teacher. If I was a Michael Jordan of teachers, they would still pay me the same amount of money that everyone else was making. So I said, this is not really a place for me to grow. You know, and I saw a lot of the other teachers that were in their later years, in their 40s and 50s. And um, they just really looked burnt out, right? They were just going through the motions. Very few teachers still had that spark where they wanted to change lives. They were like, I just can't wait till I retire and got my damn pension, you know? So, like, there were phys ed teachers that were going into the gym and um, they would just roll out a few basketballs and then sit on the couch and, like, read a newspaper inside their office, you know? And I'm like, hell no, like, that's not where I want to be. So that's when I said, you know, I really got to start a business and, and make my own way.
1: What's well, interesting, because I think if you if you look at the 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 arc of you know where you've gone, you started as a teacher. So this means from the from the from the get go, you really wanted to help people. And I think you yeah. know now you've just changed the vehicle. And everyone knows that teaching is one of those jobs that goes. It's so underappreciated. It's so underpaid, and it's so important in terms of the way it has the ability to. Sculpt young kids' minds. I mean, every everyone can name a teacher that had an impact on them, maybe for good or for worse. But that teacher had an impact, and I, I don't think we paid enough service. And that's probably a, a, a whole nother podcast <laughs> where we yeah, talk about no, the I, injustice, I injustices of the teaching system.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tough gig, and I will. I have so much more respect for teachers. After doing it for three years, I mean, wow, you know, teachers that do it for 20, 30 years, I have so much respect for them because, I mean, it's, it's a very tough gig and you're very underpaid. So, you know, God bless them, definitely.
1: Can you describe a relationship with like a past uh, teacher or mentor that had like the biggest impact on your life?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember that I had a, a health teacher and um, his name is, I can't remember right now, but he, it was in high school And he was, like, a very open-minded guy and very big into, like, health and fitness. And um, he was, like, very knowledgeable in terms of, like, exercise, nutrition, and, you know, shaping the body. And I just remember, like, at a young age, he was exposing me to, like, books and magazines and just educating my mind on just health and self-improvement. And uh, he was like a big dude. He was like a bodybuilder. And I remember I looked up to him and like he got me to understand that, like, you know, there's so much knowledge at at our fingertips, you know. And at the time, like you're a high school kid, you're just thinking about like your clothes or like girls or, you know, just minor things. But he exposed me to like this whole entire entire world of like intellectual development. So I really will never forget the impact he had on me.
1: Did that color the way you approach the people you work with now?
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I truly feel that we attract certain people into our lives, you know, for many reasons, right, to give us a gift or to give us a lesson. And, um, you know, there was a reason why we crossed paths and he had a liking to me and I had a liking to him. And I realized that that's the type of person I am. I'm very big on you know, whatever it takes in life that I want to accomplish, I'm going to learn how to do it and I'm going to take the action, you know? So I found that even my students that are in my program, they are more along the lines of the same way. You know, they're more the type of people that are very like self starters. They're they're action takers. They're big on personal development. They're big on obviously health and fitness, improving themselves. And, you know, that's what I really appreciate because it solidifies my vision to be around people that are like-minded and it allows me to help them because I share, like, these are the things that I do. You know, I'm very open and transparent with my students just based on my daily habits and and my wins and my losses. And a lot of them learn from me because, you know, at the end of the day, um, if we're a mentor and we have a student, we're like five years ahead of where they're going to be. So we're giving them a sneak preview. If they continue on this path, this is where you're going to end up. So for them, I, I give them the ups, the downs, everything, because I'm like, listen, you're going to be on this path too. I'm no different than you. I just got started early. So they get to see like behind the scenes on what it takes to be where I am right now.
1: So part of that journey, as you grew and expanded your your business, you decided at some point it made sense to start a podcast.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so what? when was the moment that you thought that that was another addition to your, your, your marketing and your outreach plan that would, that would, that, you know, when, when did that happen and, and why did you make that call?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Harry, we know that like the business has like three main factors. You have an attraction system where you're getting your your clients, right? Lead generation. You have a sales process where you're selling your packages right? You want to do it in a very leveraged, automatic way. And then you want to have some type of fulfillment where you're serving your clients and you're helping them get their goals and transformation, so on and so forth. So I always saw that podcasting was a really powerful attraction system, right? You're getting people to become educated on your services, on your processes. And it's a really powerful tool, especially if you do it wisely, you know? And I saw that the world of podcasting was a great uh, place to enter because it allows you to really establish yourself as an expert, but at the same time, give an immense level of value out into the marketplace, you know, and actually you were like one of my big inspirations, you know, our conversations, because I was speaking to you about podcasting and seeing all the possibilities with it. And it really got me to like, say, Hey, you know, you know, why not just pull the trigger and, and go for it? And, um, the podcast has been probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made on my entrepreneurial journey just because of how many opportunities, how many new relationships, and also the the stuff I learned about myself in the process.
1: Do you what's um what's been the highlight so far from a guest perspective? Because I know you you've had a couple on and and I can tell you get excited because sometimes you had Oliver uh what, what was the guy? I forgot the guy's name, but Oliver the Demollian. And he was just like blowing you away because he was dropping so many like knowledge bombs, just like, oh man, like and if you think about it, if, if you hadn't had the podcast, you probably had, wouldn't have had the opportunity to talk to him.
0: Totally. I mean, that's a one prime example of the beauty of a podcasting. So this uh, gentleman named Oliver Tamalian, he's a very sharp dude. He you know, teaches uh, high-ticket coaching and high-ticket sales. And that's essentially what I do. And I'd love to learn more about that because I teach that type of coaching to my students as well. So I would see this guy in like Facebook groups, and he was teaching and was contributing. And I was like, "This guy's fascinating, you know." I want to have a conversation with him. So like, whenever I see someone who I admire or I connect with, you know, back in the day, I would send them like a short email: "Hey, really love your stuff. Your book is awesome. Hey, I really love that video you made about this." And it's like a short conversation. Cool, AJ. Thank you. Great to connect. Bye, bye. It's like an awkward like, okay, see you later. You know. But podcasting for me gave me an opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level, you know? So now when I admire someone, you know, case in point, Oliver, I send him a message, hey Oliver, I really love your stuff. Dude, you'd be a great fit for my podcast. I would love to have you on, you know? That and ended up saying, okay, cool. We connected on the podcast, and I take every podcast like I, I'm I'm such an eager student. It's like a free coaching session, you know. So I'm asking them all the questions I want to know, but sometimes I say, "Oh, my audience wants to." Know. So my audience wants to know, um, you know, what do you do for this, So how do you do in this situation? And they're okay, AJ. I do this, 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 this. Great. So most people say this. I'm saying the questions because I want to know myself, and then we bond on the podcast because I'm very curious, you know. And case in point with Oliver. We connected really well. And actually, after the podcast, we became really good friends. Three weeks after I had him on the podcast, he invited me to come and speak at his event. So he had this like $10,000 five-day mastermind at this beautiful mansion in Dallas, Texas. And I was one of the speakers there. I got to attend. I created a whole bunch of new friendships and really awesome people at the event. And I was like, wow, you know. All I did was ask him to speak, and a month later, I'm speaking at his event, you know? So I'm like, this is the power of podcasting, you know? The ROI I've got on the podcast goes way beyond money, way beyond happiness and relationships. It's a gift that keeps on giving.
1: That's a fantastic story, and I think it's inspirational for people that are listening, that are thinking about it and wondering. I think you really have to have a clear mindset about what it is that you want to get out of it and not look at it as a a strict – one to one ROI. is was like, oh, if I do ten episodes, then eventually I'll get a sponsor, and then I could pay for the podcast. You know, I think a lot of times people are short-sighted and they don't think about this almost like uh, octopus effect of like you know the way a, a one person can lead to another conversation can lead to, can open another door. And you just listed a prime example of that. And I've I've had that same experience with my show. Things that I never would have thought could have happened, or connections that, that could have happened as a result of of the podcast. And it's sometimes uh, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, um, if if you think about how you've grown yourself as a podcaster from the, from when you first started, if you could talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was terrible when I first started. <laughs> uh, you know, I was really uh, to the point where um, you know I just set a goal of starting a podcast. And I didn't even have a podcast, but I would tell people I did. So I just reached out to, like, five heroes that I admired in the industry. And I said, you know what? I love your stuff, and I would love to have you on my podcast. Cool. You have a podcast? I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, I would love to have you as a guest. And I didn't have anything, you know? It was just, like, totally making it up. I lied to them, right? So what did I do? I didn't know. Like, I didn't understand the technology or what. Um, I downloaded this really ghetto call recorder on my phone and i would just record the phone calls you know if you listen to like my early podcast the quality is horrible it's just a recorded phone call you know but i didn't just jump right in and after those five episodes of those five key people next thing i knew i had a podcast and then i would get people (laughs) i think you were one of them you're like man you have a great show but you got to step up your quality you know i'm like yeah you're right harry it definitely sucks so that's when I started to invest in the equipment and the materials, so on and so forth. But to say like I started off with everything perfect, hell no! It was literally just recording phone calls, and that led me to accumulate episodes. And then I, you know, had a little editing where basically I added an intro and an outro, and I just started to build out the pieces slowly and surely. And now, obviously, my podcast is a lot more sophisticated. And the technology is up to par. And I have a lot of guests on there. So There's a lot more momentum. But just getting started, it was like, ready, fire, aim. Just yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, that's so important. And a lot of people wait for uh, the opportunity to take perfect action. And I think, you know, our our, our mutual coach, Taki, talks about it all the time. You know, uh, design is always better than perfect. And, and I think too many people think too hard and too long about, Everything being, the stars being in alignment and making sure, you know, you have the perfect yeah. guest. And like you said, you were asking for people. I did the same thing with, with uh, this podcast. I asked for people to come on and, you know, I, I said, can you be the first guest on my podcast? And I didn't even have it. But I think if, you know, you knew you were going to start one. So it's maybe a white lie, but you knew that you had, you, you know, someone's got to be guest number one, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the great thing is that, like I said, um it was just scheduling that first interview. Like the podcast officially started when I sent that email out that I have a podcast, which you like to be a guest? Once I said yes, that at that point it was an official podcast, right? There's no rules. There's like, you know, no one says like, oh, you have an official podcast when you're on iTunes or when you're established or all this crap. If someone says yes and you have a recording of them on any device, it's a, it's a podcast in my opinion. And then from there, you refine, you get better, you get more sophisticated, you know?
1: yeah that's so important i think uh someone said something about uh when do you call yourself a writer and I think it's w- whenever you say you're a writer you're a writer it's i mean there's no, <laughs> there's no there's no Webster definition about you know if you if you put a couple of notes in your evernote notepad technically you're a writer you know i think people get too hung up on the terms and and you know what's official and what's not and it prevents them from taking action
0: exactly harry exactly
1: so for um, coming back to this concept, which is, is a bit fascinating as it relates to you of being an introvert, one thing that for me flies somewhat in the face of that is that you have a very public persona on Facebook. And and you're the type of person that, you know, from the from the posts that I've read and, and, and the videos that you shoot, you, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit why... If that was always the case and you had another form for doing that, or is that something you've, you've been doing since you've been on Facebook?
0: No, no, absolutely. I used to be a lot more of a private person and, you know, more in terms of not sharing certain things about my life. And then um, I just started to realize that, you know, the people that I truly admire in my life are the ones that are authentic, that are really sharing their truth You know, when a person is bleeding on the page and they're like sharing stuff that's embarrassing or vulnerable, like I connect with them so much more, right? It's the same thing when you watch a video of someone sharing something that's maybe private to them and they've never told anyone. You're like, wow, you know, I connect with this person so much more. They're human. They're not Superman, superwoman all the time. They have flaws. They have issues. They have moments when they're down. So I'm like, you know... From where I come from, like being in the fitness industry, um, I'm a guy that if you look, oh, this guy's in shape, he's confident, and on the surface, you would think that I've got my shit together, but I went through a lot to be the person that I am. I was overweight. I stuttered. I literally was insecure my entire life. I was shy. I was addicted to drugs. I abused alcohol. I mean, I have a long rap sheet, you know? So- I said to myself one day that I want to tell people how I came to be where I am right now because in the world of social media, a lot of times people put on their best mask. You know, I'm awesome, life is great, I'm the best relationship, I have the best dog in the world, I love my job, everyone's like just bragging and boasting and there's nothing wrong with bragging and boasting but I wanted to be more honest and raw Because not every day is a sunny day. So then I started to really create videos and write and just share things that were inside my heart and also share my past, the challenges I overcame. And also when I have a bad day, just to be authentic about it. So once I started doing that, like all of a sudden, I connected so much more with people. And that vulnerability really showed me that other people became more vulnerable around me as well. You know, I put out a lot of stuff that's really raw and authentic, but I get a lot of private messages from people as well, you know, and it just really makes me humble to see how many people go through challenges, how many people go through so many ups and downs in life. And like on the public, they never share it, but in private, you know, they tell me like the stuff that they're going through and boggles the mind. Like some people that have really big followings and you consider them, you know, on social media to really be a well-known person. They reach out to me in private and share with me what's really going on. So I was like, "Well, everyone's like this is a human condition." So I guess I stopped to hide behind a facade and just really share my truth as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I applaud you for that, and I think a lot of times people don't do that. And, and you're right; everything that, that's on Facebook is like your best face, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not—it's not real in terms of telling the whole picture. So sometimes, like it's, you know. It's it's like Instagram, like the perfectly cropped and, and shaded photo, <laughs> the tweet yeah. that, that's perfectly crafted, you know, the 140 characters like saying exactly, you know, none of it feels like fresh, none of it feels spontaneous. And I think lately what, you know, I've been noticing and, and what I've seen with your posts is video allows you to be raw and allows you to be authentic in a way that's really hard um, to convey on on these other platforms.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's been a tremendous just like tool for me. Like I I never saw it to be like, I guess, a lead generation tool or a marketing tool. But when I started to like literally do videos two to three a week, when I'm just posting it right directly on my page, like all of a sudden I started to really blow up with my lead generation. I started to get like literally five to 10 friend requests a day. All these people started following me And like anything in life, the more eyeballs you have on you, the more successful you become because that's your email list, those are your followers, and those are potential people that are going to buy your products or services. So I realized that many times I don't even talk about business or marketing or sales, you know, what I typically sell to people, but I'm talking about myself and my stories and my challenges and, you know, inspirational things that I really get to see throughout my life. And just because I share from that raw angle, it's like, you know, in marketing, you want people to know, like, and trust you. So when you are your authentic self in an indirect way, people know, like, and trust you. And maybe they're not the right buyer for your product or service, but they're going to recommend someone, right? They're going to refer someone. So, you know, let's say if I'm helping coaches or personal trainers grow their online business maybe they're not a coach or personal trainer but they have a brother or a cousin or their own personal trainer they'll refer them to me i really like aj he's got a good heart you would really connect with them you know so it's really interesting how indirectly by being your true authentic self your business grows obviously your relationships flourish but also you become a better person because you're living your truth on a daily basis
1: Was there ever a moment when you weren't living your truth?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, now, like my whole life is based on living my truth. You know, I mean, I have a journal every year. I theme um, different titles for my journal. So for this year, the title is truth, right? Everything is living my truth, expressing myself and sharing good, the bad, warts and all. So for many years I was not living my truth. You know, it's only been very recent where I am just my authentic self. And yes, I would hide behind a facade. And I think also because of the nature of being a coach, you know, we are this authority figure. We have all the answers. So I would always hide behind a facade. Life is amazing and things are great. You know, anything you need, I got your back. I'm doing good. No, I don't need anything. I'm totally cool. I am awesome. You know, so you live behind this mask, and I found that publicly, I would wear this mask, but privately, I was suffering, suffering really bad, and I was going through depression and anxiety, and because there was this battle between my public persona and my private persona, it would really affect me, right? And I remember for many years, I would struggle with my business, I was struggling with my happiness, I was having crappy relationships. You know, financially, I was doing okay, but it was going up and down, right? And I realized I was not in alignment, you know? Because I would portray this person who I was not, but then behind the scenes, I was complete opposite. And it wasn't until I started to express my truth, live my truth, and really be the person I am behind the scenes in public, that's when I became aligned. And I feel like when you become aligned to your true self, you become very attractive and magnetic, right? Not even from like, you could say from a spiritual point of view, but even from a scientific point of view, because I'm speaking from the heart. I'm speaking with authority and certainty, and I'm fully honest. And people could feel that, right? People want to buy from people. People want to be around people. People want to date people that are confident and they're certain and they're authentic. They're them true selves, right? Um you look at the most ancient book, you find, like, what is the secret of life? And it says three words, know thyself, right? Yep. If you just practice that and you're true to yourself, you're true to your feelings, your emotions, right, your flaws, and you share that with people, you get to connect with people on a way, unlike any other way possible,
1: that's powerful stuff. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I always look to improve in terms of how I live my life. What's interesting when we do this, AJ, and you know, maybe you can relate to this, we grew up and we have our friends, our boys, right, that know us. And we had our parties and we had our blast with them back in the days. So yes. I'm wondering if there's there's been relationships that you've grown out of because you're now Aj, you know the the new version of Aj 2.0, 3.0, whatever version you're on right now. But I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that's happened and the importance of maybe developing new friendships and and uh, new new partnerships with with people that are more in alignment.
0: Absolutely, Harry. Right. So uh, the wise philosopher Jim Rohn says you are the sum average of the five closest people in your life. That's your health, your wealth, your relationships, and success. Right. And that's something we've all known if you studied any type of business or personal development. But even in the animal kingdom, they have a theory that is called the five chimps theory. That even if you look at our closest ancestors, chimpanzees, every five chimpanzees are the average of the chimps around them. So in their strength and their well-being and their longevity, it's amazing, right? So every single living thing on this planet is the five chimps. Things it hangs the most time with. So I came to see that, wow, if I want to live an extraordinary life, I got to be around extraordinary people. And yes, I will admit it's very difficult to realize that your friends are negative or they're very limiting or they just bring you down, you know? But at the end of the day, you got to think about your own personal happiness, right? And I have a simple test if you're around someone, and they lift you up, you want to pull them close. If they bring you down, you want to push them away. So I started to really go throughout my life and go into my friendships, my partnerships, my, my relationships, and just look at who are the people that bring me up, that make me feel amazing, that I just love being around. They, they, they push me to be the best version of myself. I want to hold them close. I want to get closer to them. But the people that always you know talk shit about others, or they're negative, or they're just very pessimistic. I want to avoid them like the plague because the more I'm around them, the more toxicity seeps into my own mind.
1: Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think a lot of times people have this, Uh, romanticized notion of, you know, if they're your old time friends and they're supposed to be with you forever and they don't really take stock. And I think it's something you need to do. People take stock of their, their growth, you know, personally or physically like every couple of years and they write their new year's resolutions. I think the one aspect where people don't do that is in their relationships. And I think one a previous guest I I talked to Evo uh, Terra talked about prune he prunes his his friendships which I thought was pretty apropos and I and I think it's something that people need to keep in mind if they really want to grow and they want to take themselves to a different level than where they are now
0: exactly right and that's the thing like look at the areas in your life if you look at your health your wealth your relationships your success you know I mean you can look at your bank account and then look at five of your friends you know literally find out what their average bank account is. And you're going to be that number, right? Prime right in the middle. So it's like saying, if you're really lacking money and you're in a place of financial challenges, you got to start hanging around new people. They're going to create a new standard for you and make you rise up to that new standard.
1: Have, do you have uh old friends that are still with you now that have seen this transformation in you and have commented on that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, the friends that are still in my life, they're very supportive, right? I have friends that are not in my life, and they have told me directly or indirectly, man, you've changed, you know? And I'm like, well, isn't that the point of being a human being, to change, to always evolve and progress, Right. Why would you want to be the same? Like, if I was the same person I was 10 years ago, I would consider myself a loser. You know, <laughs> if I was still making the same money, if I still had the same worries, the same thoughts, if I was still living in the same environment, then I've not progressed. So, if you're going to change, you want to be around people that are also changing and evolving with you, right? So they could enjoy the ride together. Because if someone refuses to change, they want to stay the same, but you're evolving and you're getting better then there's going to be a disconnect. Right. So that's why like you have to make that very difficult decision, you know, because if people aren't supporting you, then they're holding you back.
1: Yeah, definitely. Words of wisdom. And, And it's one of those things you just can't hear enough of. And I think when you experience it and you have moments where you meet people that, um, are part of this new circle and you see that the way that they think, right? I, I you know, we I did it, we did it, you know, by joining this group, you know, this mastermind that we're in, because I needed to be around people that are six figure, seven figure earners because that mindset, AJ, of people who think like that is completely different. Like the books they read, the 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 events they go to, the the conversations they have, you know, I never, never, you know, want to be the smartest person in the room.
0: Exactly, Harry. Totally true. Right? Like in our mastermind, there are people that are, you know, making these exorbitant incomes, right? And you get to reverse engineer them, you see what they're doing. And also the other thing is like, they're no different than us, right? They're down to earth people. They're cool, right? They have the same problems, right? Same families. You know, we're, all, we're all the same. And then when you're around someone, you're like, wow, this person is really no different than me. If they can do it, so can I, right? Because sometimes when we're far removed from very successful people, right, if they're not in your inner circle, then you could think that they've gotten lucky or you make excuses. But when you see that they're just a regular dude or dudette, you're like, wow, you know, why not me? So you challenge yourself and you break through a lot of limitations because you realize that you could do the exact same thing that they can.
1: Yeah, so true, so true. Fascinating. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation. I, I feel like the energy level is pretty high, <laughs> and I love vibing with people who like. Uh, I'm always about increasing the, the like my frequency, like just raising the energy level because I think if we do that and we do that in the conversation, I think it just lifts us both higher. So I appreciate you being so open so far with everything. That's and you've talked about your journey, and, and I think the fact that you continue to be open with your posts on Facebook just shows that that ain't nothing gonna be gonna be changing for you in the short term. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, thank you, Harry. I really appreciate it. It's just a constant journey, you know. I'm no better than anyone. It just took me years and years of trial and error. I had a lot of pain and a lot of challenges to be the person I am today. And totally, man, I love connecting with like-minded people. You know, especially with you. Every time we have a conversation, my energy levels go up, right? My frequency is at a higher level, and that's a beautiful thing. Like when you're talking to people, you're connected with them that are on the same wavelength. They raise your wavelength right so it is the sum is greater than the whole so it's not one plus one equals two it's one plus one equals 11 because you're both operating at this really high place and you leave off you walk away rejuvenated inspired and move so that's that's how i feel right now from this conversation
1: very very cool uh just a couple more questions um to wrap things up what is the the one most misunderstood thing about you
0: the one most misunderstood thing about me is I guess a lot of people, um, you know, if they like find me online or if they look at a photo of me or even if they meet me in person, they'll think that, you know, I'm an egotistical guy or I'm a douchebag or, you know, this guy because I you know, I am in shape and I have muscles and, yes, I take care of myself. And a lot of times people, when they meet me, they're like, wow, you're so much nicer or you're so much cooler than I anticipated. So, when they get to know me, they, they know that, listen, I was a former fat kid. I stuttered most of my life. I mean, I overcame a lot to be the person I am today, but at the end of the day, my heart is very humble because I look at my life and on the external level of not just being in shape, but being confident and happy, but also having a great living and, and being in a place where I'm very fulfilled. I am so humbled because when I look back 10, 20 years ago, the life I live right now is truly a dream. And I get emotional when I think about it. I literally pinch myself every morning that I'm living this life. So I'm in an immense state of gratitude all the time. And when people meet me and they get to feel that energy, they know that, you know, everything that that, that I have on an external level, I've been able to create and attract and build, but I never take it for granted, you know? In a moment's notice, it could all be taken away from me. And at the end of the day, if everything is stripped away, you know, I still am going to love wherever I am in life. And I think that's truly the the gift in life, right? In any circumstance, whether you're on the top of the mountain or in the depths of the valleys, if you're just appreciative, right? If you just are happy for being alive and to, to, to take a breath. And to have conversations and and have the simplicities of life, I mean, that, that's truly the only thing you could ask for.
1: You're very, very, very uh, wise words there. Yeah, I want to come back a little bit because you, you mentioned a couple times that you were a former fat kid, you know, <laughs> what, you, what you called yourself. And I think it's important because there's people that are listening that are in that same boat, AJ. And I'm wondering if you could think about the moment where you decided you wanted to make a change and you didn't want to live your, the rest of your life like that. Is there something that you can point to specifically or or a series of events that happened that caused that, that change in your mind that you wanted to transform your body from, you know, away from the path it was headed down?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it really happened in my early 20s. And I truly feel that we do not make a change unless we experience massive pain. So in my early 20s, it was the most painful point in my life. It was the heaviest I was. I was 60 pounds overweight, you know. Internally, I was very insecure and I just looked in the mirror and I was disgusted with myself. Externally, I dealt with a lot of lower back pain and it was because of the weight in and inactivity my body was breaking down. Even though I was in my early 20s, I felt like I was a 90 year old because I had this excruciating back pain. And it was like, you know, food was my comfort. So I would just eat and eat and eat and feel better and I would numb myself. And I remember looking at my reflection in a McDonald's mirror after eating, and I see my bloated face, my chipmunk cheeks, my man boobs, my big belly. And that was like, it. Yeah, I was like, enough is enough. I cannot go on living like this anymore. And that's when my whole life turned around. And I decided to really just you know, do whatever it takes to get myself in shape, to lose this 60 pounds and to finally feel like a healthy, young human being again.
1: That's great. And I'm sure it's a, it's very inspirational for the folks who are in that position that come to you that you can now demonstrate, like you can relate. And and people sometimes if they work with people and they're like, "I, I can never be where you're at, but you directly have a story for them that says, Hey, I was where you are at and I, you can change.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could do it, anyone can do it, you know, and it's really sharing with people that, you know, I totally understand where they came from, And, you know, listen, it's not like once you lose the weight, that's it. It never comes back. I still have moments when I can't control my eating. You know, I gain 10, 15 pounds. Like, you know, it's a part of life, but I'm never, ever, ever going to go back to the way I used to be, right? So now I know that I have a comfort place, but at the end of the day, I'm human too. You know, I'm not a robot that just eats, you know, boiled chicken and broccoli all day long. (laughs) You know, I have to enjoy life and to let people know that, you know, you're allowed to cheat, miss a workout, take some time off. It's, it's totally cool.
1: All right. I got to ask, what's your guilty food pleasure?
0: <laughs> oh, man, I love ice cream. You know, I think when it comes to guilty food, uh, I could eat gallons and gallons of ice cream.
1: <laughs> uh, favorite flavor?
0: Favorite flavor. I like, you know, any type of ice cream that has a bunch of like crap in it, like chocolate <laughs> chips and nuts and Rocky Road. So, Ben and Jerry's are my favorite because they're just like ice cream with a bunch of crap in it, right? Like crunchy and you know, nuts and all those different things. So, yeah, even, even when I, like I have a cheat meal, um, sometimes people are disgusted because I'm putting all types of crap inside my ice cream, you know, like cakes and cookies and Snickers bars. So, yep.
1: Very cool. Um, what have you changed your mind about recently?
0: Wow. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, you know, what did I change my mind about? Actually, very recently, I changed my mind about the way that I used to look at my old self. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of personal development and soul searching. Um, you know, when you make a transformation, sometimes you have like a split between who you are now and who you used to be. And of course I look at myself and you know, you said it before, like you have a 2.0 or a 3.0, you're always trying to improve. But for a very long time, I had a very deep hatred for the person I used to be. You know, the shy, fat, stuttering, insecure AJ. And what I've changed is to forgive myself Mm. and to not say that. The old me, when I used to suffer, that was when my life sucked. And I said, you know, when I was younger and I did the things I did and I thought the way I thought, I didn't know any better. So I forgive myself because... That was the best I did with what I was equipped with. Mm -hmm. So I've now learned to not only love my new self, but love my old self. And this shift has made a big difference in my life because, you know, at the end of the day, I was hating a part of myself that really brought me to where I am right now.
1: I can't think of a better way to wrap this up, man. (laughs) Powerful, powerful words. Um, And you definitely, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve. And I think that's uh, a testament to who you are as a person and why you're going to continue to be successful. Because in this sea of like look alike, you know, fake front people out there trying to, you know, sell you something or, or trying to offer their help. It's refreshing when someone is genuine, as genuine as they appear online is really as genuine as they are in real life. And that's nice.
0: No, thank you, Harry. This was just a very powerful interview. And I've honestly shared things here that I've never shared anywhere else. So you have, you know, such a, a beautiful skill of bringing out the greatness in someone because I really enjoyed this. It was one part an interview, another part a therapy session. So <laughs> thank you. you know, I really feel rejuvenated from really talking about all these subjects that I've, I've never shared publicly. So I really appreciate
1: it. I appreciate you being open. And uh, what's the best place for folks to track you down online?
0: Yeah, sure. The best place is actually my website. It's online supercoach.com And if you want a book, I actually have a book about how I started my online business, how I scaled everything up. And again, the book is really simple. You text the word amazing to 33444, right? Simple word, amazing, 33444. And just like Harry said, I'm very active on Facebook. So just Search on Facebook. It's Facebook forward slash AJ Fit, AJ and you'll find me. And I'll be sharing my videos, my stories, and all the embarrassing stuff that happens in my life. So yeah, love to connect.
1: Very cool. Thanks for your time.
0: Hey, thank you, Harry. I appreciate this.
1: So, how about that interview? How about that conversation? How about the energy level? Fantastic, right? All conversations with people should be like that. It should be so. It should be so much fun to talk to people that you vibe with and it's just a reminder of why i do the show of the types of conversations that i want to have specifically here at that level and it's my commitment to you the listener that i'm going to continue to work towards having those types of people on the show the conversations the types of conversations that can put a smile on your face so thanks again for listening i really hope you enjoyed it give us some feedback we'd, we'd love to hear it Uh, I want to thank AJ for being so open and honest and coming on the show. And I hope you really got one or two nuggets of wisdom from that conversation. I think there's a lot there. If you're not sure, then go back and listen to it again, because there's really stuff that you can take away um, and use in your life right away. So Podcast Junkies is a part of Podcastica. And if you heard me talk about Podcastica before, then you'll know that there's a fantastic group of shows, a family of shows that are growing there. We continue to add to the family, and we're now up to 10 shows. In case you're new to Podcast Junkies and haven't heard about Podcastica, it's Walking Deadcast, Under the Comic Covers, this show, of course, Radio Film School, Once Upon a Podcast, Game of Microphones, Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, The One Mind Podcast, Evil Deadcast, and The Podcast Producers. All fantastic shows. We're uh, widening our tastes in terms of the shows we bring on. But the one common thread is that we all take our show seriously, but not ourselves too seriously. So you can hear that in the personalities of the people that are on there. And I think its uh, you'll find something to your taste there. Go check it out, podcastica.com, and tell them Harry sent you. Uh, music, intro and outro music, Cedar and Soil. Check them out at cedarsoil.com. You can subscribe to the podcast at podcastjunkies.com. Hit the subscription button for Android or iTunes, whatever floats your boat. So I mentioned uh, Fancy Hands at the beginning of the show. They've graciously agreed to give us some codes that you can use if you're a fan of productivity, if you're a fan of outsourcing tasks that are not... uh, in your genius as as my coach likes to say things that you you just dread doing like sitting on phone calls or, or reaching out to customer service people or disputing charges on your credit card just all sorts of random stuff like that fancy hands are the team for you and uh for the Every month, I'm going to give away um, five free tasks with a code that uh, the, the team at Fancy Hands has so graciously provided. So, all you got to do is leave a review. And if you've left one already, I'm pretty sure you can leave a new one. So, I'll, I'll count that as well. Uh, hashtag Fancy Hands in the review on iTunes. Um, and that way, I'll know that you've listened to this and I'll, I'll uh, enter you into the drawing Again, if you've made it this far, then you are a regular, and it means you're listening out for the retention hashtag, which is Fitness AJ, in honor of uh, AJ's business and the fact that he's uh, transformed himself um, by being a a fitness coach. So we'll do Fitness uh, AJ, all one word, hashtag, if you've made it this far. And don't forget to tag uh, my friend AJ as well, and that's A-J-M-I-H-R-Z-A-D, and podcast underscore junkies. If you made it this far, we'd love to hear about it. Thanks again for all your support, guys. Uh, as you know, the regular things you can do: uh, subscribe, download, tell a friend, write a review, and uh, tell people about the show. It to just take an extra thirty seconds of your time. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I hope you're going to have another fantastic upcoming week. I love you guys and. Uh, my energy level is really high after this one and it must be because of that fantastic conversation i just had so hopefully you should go out and have a fantastic conversation at that level with someone that you love or someone who you want to develop a new uh, um, relationship with and take it to another level that's my parting words of wisdom take care